In a day where there's a, there's a, a target on gender. I got, you, I got to tell you that when God created, he took chaos and he turned it into cosmos. He took disorder and turned it into order. When you pull God out of a society, out of a family, out of an individual, you move back into chaos. We've seen in the last several years what chaos looks like. When man departs from God and our children become the target for every progressive, insane idea that you could imagine, it's time to take a stand. It's time to be different. One of the greatest and one of the worst things that happened was COVID. And I say the greatest because what it did was it, it clarified where everybody stood. It separated out the churches and the pastors and the leaders for who would stand against government tyranny and who would not. And if you're visiting today and don't know anything about the vibe of this church, you're getting it now. We love you. We hope you'll stay through the end of the service. This is gonna be a strong message today because this week is election day. You see, we're not subjects to a king. We're citizens of a republic. A citizen is really the king of the nation. It's we the people. And when people protest, why, like not pledging to the flag, they're saying, I don't wanna be empowered anymore. I don't wanna vote, I don't wanna be a part of this. And the issues are so big and so large. I wanna quote to you from Martin Luther King Jr. He said, the church must be reminded that it is the conscience of the state it must be the guide and the critic of the state. If the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> David Lane put it like this, what is happening in America has little or nothing to do with Republican versus Democrat. America's war is spiritual, as two distinct religions are vying for control of the public square. Transient and mutable secularism versus eternal and immutable Christianity. These are two distinct religions cannot coexist, as one will ultimately go down as a consequence of the elevation of the other. People ask me, who are you voting for? Well, I'm gonna tell you who I'm not voting for. And I'm gonna tell you we have voter guides and there's multiple numbers of them out there. But you need to vote not your conscience and not your heart. You need to vote your biblical conviction. I realize we used to tell people to vote their heart, vote their convictions, then I realized their heart was all messed up. When I see Christians endorsing abortion, I know we've got a problem. Now, if you've had an abortion, we want you to know we love you, complete healing, forgiveness in Jesus Christ, no judgment, no shame. But let's make things different moving forward in our world, amen? I, don't, I hear people say, I don't like to discuss politics or religion. 
Well, let me ask you, how has that approach to work today? When the church is silent about Jesus Christ being raised from the dead, no one finds the Lord. I wanna give you an interesting statistic of one, me. I found Christ apart from any other Christian. I started reading a Bible, and I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ simply by reading the New Testament. From the day I was saved until this day, there's never been one person who's tried to witness to me. Now think about that. Not one person came up and said, hey, are you a Christian? Do you know Jesus? And that was while I was in a secular university. I got saved and on the first day, I went into my poli-sci class, I was a pre-law major. I went in there and the professor, I was so naive, I didn't know, the professor said, are there any Christians in the room? And I thought, this is great. Four of us stood up. And then the professor said, class, I want you to look. It was like 1,600 people in this class. Class, I want you to look around. Here are four of the biggest fools you'll ever meet in your life. And it's worse today than it was then. Let me tell you who I'm not voting for. I'm not voting for politicians who think they have the authority to shut down the church. The last time I looked, Jesus was king, amen? I'm not voting for presidents who, endorse, who are endorsed by Planned Parenthood. I'm not voting for, for politicians who demand COVID vaccination for our children. I'm not voting for politicians who promote gender change and ignore the fact that we are created in the image of Almighty God. I'm not voting for a politician who hires private security firms but believe that we, that we should defund the police. I'm not voting for a politician who'd refuse to recognize our border. Do you realize that illegal uh, migration delivers seven migrants for every seven U.S. births in America in 2022? Seven citizens are born, 10 come across the border illegally. That's the chaos we're living in today. I'm not voting for a politician who believe the nuclear family is a laboratory for progressive exploitation of our children. I'm not voting for a politician who believe that men can give birth. Good Lord, why would we want to? I've seen this in action. This birth thing. The only way I can even put it in my mind is it's like taking your top lip, pulling it over your back head, and bringing it down to your feet. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. On the birth of our first, the doctor looked at me and said, you better sit down. You're, all, you're just ashen white. I was ready to pass out. I had no idea what was going to happen to me in that day. I sat down, by the way, on that day. I'm not voting for a politician who condemn American nationalism support the World Economic Forum. My family heritage goes back, all the way back to William Brewster. He's, a, he's my ninth great-great-grandfather. You say, who is that guy? He wrote the Mayflower Compact. I have relatives who fought in the American Revolution as riflemen under Washington. In every war, I've seen it. My family did not pay a price for me to stand here and squander what they gave me. You see, opposition is normal for the Christian. If you haven't figured that out, then you may not be Christian enough. 
Because whenever you stand for Jesus Christ, you're going to be opposed. One of our staff members sent me a, an Instagram post that had been uh, censored by Instagram because it was the Lord's Prayer, and I thought, that can't be true. Let me just show you. So I posted the Lord's Prayer on my Instagram account. Let me just show you three images, screenshots. Here's what I posted. Notice at the bottom, see why fact checkers say this is false. Well, that's interesting. All right, let's go to the next one. So I thought, I want to find out. It said false information. The same information was reviewed by independent fact checkers in another post. Interesting. Let's see the next one. So then I find out the fact checker is USA Today. And USA Today say there is no Lord's Prayer. Wonder why, maybe it's why Jesus said, deliver us from evil in the Lord's Prayer. You see, opposition is normal. This should not shock us. What should shock us is that we're not posting the Lord's Prayer and living out the Lord's Prayer, amen? That's what we ought to be shocked by. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. If the world hates you, you know that they hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own, yet because we are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You see, when I got saved, when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I just, I had a sense of guilt about my sin and, and shame, and I believed that Jesus died and rose from the dead, and I said, I, I wanna follow this Jesus that I've been reading about. I didn't know I would be plunged into warfare, not only spiritual, but also social and emotional. I didn't know how different I was. No wonder the Bible calls us aliens and strangers and sojourners on the earth because this world is not our home. Now, I want to enjoy the world that we live in. I want to enjoy the people of the world and all the beauty that God has created, but I recognize the world system is diametrically opposed to me as a believer in Jesus Christ. If you can just accept that, then it makes everything make sense. Then when you go to work and people don't, you know, they make fun of you, they call you a Bible thumper, whatever they call you, then you go like, of course, thank you so much. Instead of going home and going, they don't like me at work. Well, no, they hate you. It's not that they don't like you, they hate everything you stand for because remember, the ones who hated Jesus were lost religious and political leaders. And they crucified him, and they did it without conscience. They did it to the place when Pilate tried to free Jesus, and he washed his hands. Then the religious leader stood up and said, uh, and said, let his blood be on us and on our children's children. We'll take the curse. We don't mind, Pilate. If you can't stand up, we'll stand up. That's the heartbeat. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, this is so prophetic and so real in our day. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. What I watch on social media, when I see a drag queen paraded in front of kindergarten kids, it makes me want to throw up. If we don't do anything other than want to throw up, what are we doing? Right? I was at an event with the Lincoln Club of Orange County, and they were talking about pornography in schools, and they had all these books laid out, and, and I, I'm just like, I'm going... This is unbelievable. And I said, why don't we just buy the worst one here? I'll buy like 20 of them 
or more, and we'll take them to the next school board meeting, and we'll give them out to parents so they can see. And the attorney there said, you can't do that. I said, why? You'd be arrested for the distribution of pornography. It falls under a category of protected under the educational banner, but I can't buy one and hand it to you without being arrested. This is the day that we're living in. Don't tell me it was always like this. It wasn't always like this. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ stands at the crossroads of every moment in time. Every day you have to ask yourself, what does the cross have to do with this situation? How does the cross minister? How does the cross speak and address this problem? Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he said in chapter one and verse 18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. People look, why would God send his own son to die on a cross? That's foolish. But you see, the penalty of sin is death. And Jesus paid the price for your sin and my sin. He became your substitute and my substitute. He died so I wouldn't have to, so you wouldn't have to. And when I put my faith in him, you see, it doesn't become foolishness to me. It becomes the power of God. Look, to, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The power of God. George McLeod said this, I simply say the cross must be raised again to the center of the marketplace as well as the steeple of the church. I'm claiming that Jesus was not crucified in a cathedral between two candles, but on a cross between two thieves. On the town garbage heap at the crossroads so cosmopolitan that they had to write his title in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. At the kind of place where cynics talk smut and thieves curse and soldiers gamble because that is where he died and that is what he died about and that is where churchmen ought to be and what churchmen ought to be about. I have used that quote in this church every single year since we started because that's why we're here. When we had the opportunity to buy this building and there was a post office here, we were the only one that offered to give them rent back space. You know why? Because I knew a whole bunch of lost people are gonna come to church. Coffee shop, same thing. A lot of people, we've had people say, we have people literally that have looked through those, that glass garage door, seen what's going on here, come in here and get saved. A little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, we started something called American Faith. Some of you don't know about it. Some of you haven't been to one of our galas. But I want to tell you what it is. So I, I was so frustrated in the lockdown. Remember, we opened our church up. We didn't, we didn't lock down like other churches did. And I thought, what am I going to do? It's one of those things where, you know, like, I can just be mad about it or I can do something about it. And I didn't know what to do. And I was pushed by my friend, Marshall Morris. He said, you need to start a news media outlet. And I go, what? <laughs> what do I know about that? I mean, it's about as much as I knew about starting a record label, and yet now we have one. <laughs> we have number one albums and number one billboard albums, and we have all that stuff. I, you know, I, I, it almost kind of comes back to whatever I get mad about something, I start something cool. And so we started American Faith and we just started posting my sermons because I was preaching during that lockdown period about rights and Jesus is king and 
history and all of that kind of stuff, and all of a sudden it started to take off, and then April of, of last year, we had our first gala, and many of you were there. And uh, we began to see, we had some goals. We said, what, what kind of goals could we have? Maybe if we could have, you know, maybe 30,000 people or so visit our site, wouldn't that be great? Today we have over 3 million people visiting our site. And here's the next statistic I want to give you. We, we have a daily subscription of the top three. And we have over 100,000 people who have subscribed to that. And now here's the best part. And 72% of those people open it every single day. That's 72,000 people are reading our top three. And we're just getting started. We've had a billboard in, in Broadway now, down on Broadway, where we advertise. We said, hey, here's what we're doing but we're ready to go to the next level. I, I was frustrated by planning next year's gala because I thought, I just don't want to report that we've, made, we've got 50,000 more people subscribing. I really felt like we needed to make an impact, a huge impact. We're already doing that, but I, I really believe that there's, the sky's the limit, I'll be honest with you. And whether we're talking about what men do, whether we're talking about music, what the women are doing here in our church, whether we're talking about American faith or this church body, this is a very unique place. I mean, it's just like, there's just no cup to put this place in. And I say that in a good sense. So we began to, uh, to look a little bit deeper into what's our next step, and we were introduced to someone named Christy Lee. And she's been a a broadcaster, an anchor on a major network. So we flew her out, we interviewed her, and then we said, hey, take these three or four stories from American Faith, take about 30 or 40 minutes, write a script, and then we're gonna, re we're gonna video you and see how it turns out. I want you to see that two or three minute clip. Remember, she had 30 minutes to write the script, and then we recorded it, so take a look. Stop shoving sex subjects on our kids. How Republicans in Congress are taking action. That's coming up on American Faith's Top Stories. Plus, Fauci warns against mass vaccine without many years of testing. Well, that was then, and this is now. It wasn't enough to stop building the border wall. Now the Biden administration wants Arizona to remove the makeshift patches. And while the border wall was too expensive, Democrats continue to send money to Ukraine. The plan to end the blank check. Starting today with saving our kids, Republicans are working on a law to stop the madness. It's called the Stop the Sexualization of Children Act. It would prohibit any sexually charged material pushed on kids under 10. And yes, that includes books or lewd adult dancing. The plan is to hit them where it hurts, the pocketbook. It would stop the use of federal funds toward any of these activities. Speaking of an attack on children, the CDC recently voted to add the COVID-19 vax to the recommended school vaccine schedule. Recently surfaced video now shows this is something Dr. Fauci would have spoke against back in 1999. Just listen to what he had to say during the AIDS era. And many scientists are beginning to believe that a vaccine against AIDS may be impossible to make and too dangerous to test. If you take it and then a year goes by, and everybody's fine. Then you say, okay, that's good. Now let's give it to uh, 500 people. And then a year goes by and everything's fine. You say, well, then now let's give it to thousands of people. And then you find out that it takes 12 years for all hell to break loose. And then what have you done? 
And federal government says border wall patches made from shipping containers is trespassing on the U.S. Yes, the shipping containers are a trespass, not the influx of immigrants. AZ's Department of Emergency isn't buying it. It's refusing to move the makeshift shipping container barrier. While the federal government seems more concerned with securing Ukraine's borders, Republicans say enough is enough. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says House Republicans will not keep bundling unlimited amounts of money to Ukraine. So to wrap up, there is a plan to stop the sexualization of our kids. And the key is removing federal funding. More hypocrisy is being exposed now that Dr. Fauci seemed to care about vaccine testing during the AIDS crisis. But now when it comes to giving a vaccine to our children, don't hold back. Arizona will defy the Fed's request to tear down what little border barriers we have, and Republicans are vowing to stop writing a blank check to Ukraine come November. And those are your top headlines for Friday, October 28th. Subscribe to American Faith for access to an exclusive interview with Donald Trump and check back for a weekend wrap-up on Monday. For American Faith, I'm Christy Lee. If you look back on the history of America, you'll realize that the reason that we had a revolution, the reason that we have the Declaration of Independence was because of the faithful preaching of the pastors during, before and during the American Revolution. We have always been connected politically. Do you realize the 26 points of the Declaration of Independence were were points preached by pastors prior to the American Revolution. What I'm trying to say is that God is concerned about the, the, the citizens of this world that he's created. And good government, good government brings about freedom and expression of faith and allows you to raise your children in a safe environment. If you don't have good government, we have a whole group of people from Romania that fled Romania. Just talk to them one day. See what their perspective is on socialism, on communism. Talk to them about how long they stayed in a cold river waiting for the police to leave so they could cross over into the next country from Romania. Find out the price that's paid from those who came out of Cuba that are in our church, that were in a raft. They were fleeing something. How could it be that any of us could ever say, I'm not going to vote, my vote doesn't count? How could that actually come out of someone's mouth? We have been giving a gift from God. Do you realize that 70% of all the money given for missions worldwide comes out of America? I mean, just think about these stats. Unbelievable. I need your help. I need your help. I've asked, we've actually offered Christy Lee the job. And she's accepted it, and now i got to pay for it. <laughs> I've already raised some of the money. We need some equipment to, to, in order to, to connect with her studio in Austin and our studio here. By the way, that new building that we bought last year, it, has a, it now houses a studio that is fully functioning and working, and we've got just God doing some great things. So here's what I need from you. I need $60,000. Now, if you laugh, that, that tells me everything. Because whenever we, whenever we put something, our money is so simple in comparison to a world that goes to hell. We have to be serious about the things of God and about the impact we can make in our world.
We're going to do it through the church. We're going to do it through music. We're going to do it through media. We're going to do all that stuff. I got a, a text from Jen this morning. She said, we need another freezer because we've got someone that gives us free tamales, like, I don't know, what, a 1,000 a week or something crazy number. I don't even know what it is. They're fully cooked, and we're, that's the ones you hand out. We don't even have a freezer to put those in. We need a freezer. You say, well, I, I don't know about the American faith, but I'll buy you a freezer. How much does it cost? I don't know. Just give us 10000 We'll get a good one. You see, when you know you're a part of a movement that is doing the right things, money becomes secondary. When you know that you're rescuing children, when you know that you're feeding the hungry, when you know that you're making a difference worldwide, when you're making an impact in the world, what really does it matter? You know what I've always found? I've found that whenever I'm generous, God always just gives back more. I don't understand it. It's kingdom economics. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I've been preaching this most of my life. I don't know how it works, but when I sow, God brings back an increase to me. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get on to this message here. Now, by the way, toward the end of this message, you're going to get pretty fired up. If you want to stand up and get excited, you have my permission. Is that okay? All right. The thing we know from Scripture is that justice flows through righteousness. This is such a large biblical concept. Justice flows through righteousness. Thomas Jefferson said this, God who gave us liberty, can the, God, uh, can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed the conviction that these liberties are a gift from God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Amos chapter five and verse 24, let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Psalm 89 verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go out before your faith. Psalm nine, but the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness, and he shall administer judgment for the people in unrighteousness. Jesus Christ said, not even the gates of hell can prevail against the church of the living God. Can you say amen to that? For 2,000 years, the church has been challenged by persecution, ignored by indifference, Skeptics have disregarded the word of God, spurned the resurrection, ridiculed those who believe in eternity, laughed at miracles, tried to silence our message, rob our children of faith in God. They have tried to imprison our hope. Without hope, what do you really have? Our hope doesn't rest in the world. Can you say amen to that? Can you put your hands together for that? Our hope is not a feeling. Our hope is not a feeling. It's not a politician. It's not an educator. It's not a celebrity. Our hope is Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. Amen? Our hope is in a person, and his name, can you say it with me, is Jesus. Just say it out loud. Jesus. He is called by many names in the Word of God. He is called the Word of God. He's called the captain of our salvation. He's called the bread of life. Can I hear you get excited about God? He's called the living water. 
He's called the bright and the morning star. He is called the Lamb of God. His name is Jesus. He is our blessed hope. Would you give him glory and give him praise? I want you to know that one day in eternity, you're not gonna have the option of sitting during a great moment like this. You're gonna be kneeled before the Father. You're gonna be kneeled before the Son, and you're gonna sing a new song, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to give glory and honor to the Father. All praises go out to him. We have to praise him, praise him. God says, I inhabit the praises of my people. When you praise God, God shows up in a way that he doesn't show up when you're not praising him. You say, well, I thought Jesus was in me. He is, but remember, his presence that surrounds you is only there when you're worship. It's just Bible. It's just Bible. You say, I don't know if I like this message. I'm just the messenger. I didn't write the script. God did. God established it when he established the word of God. If you don't know him, if you don't really, really know him, I invite you right now to invite Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I don't want you to be like me, the person who never heard about how to be saved. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, here's the promise, you will be saved. There's a promise. Doesn't say you might be. Doesn't say if you go to church 400 times or get baptized. It says if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved saved. Amen. So pray a prayer like this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, just say it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. By faith, I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. If that was your prayer, God did exactly what God said he would do. Amen.